I don't know. I kind of like that it's oh like week by week, so I can't just like sit like and binge it. Dude, I would get nothing done if they gave it to me all at once. Like, <laughs> pause my life, watch Mando. Like, <laughs> just just locked in your room watching only Mando. Yeah, it would be dangerous. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kid and Sync Podcast, the weekly show about all things Marvel, Star Wars, and more, all centered around our favorite fandoms. This week, joining me, again, not as always, but another special guest this week, we have my good friend, Aaron. Say hi, Aaron. Hey. How we doing? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you for being able to come on such short notice. Um, kind of came in clutch with that one, so I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Alright guys, so this week we are continuing to talk about Mandalorian Season 3 um, with Episode 2, The Minds of Mandalore. Um, definitely picked up the pace from the first episode. First episode was a lot of just groundwork. Still solid, but this one we kind of start getting into more of the action of the season, so that's exciting. Um, let's see. Alright, so Aaron... Just so the listeners have a little bit of a baseline, we're, like, coming into Mando, like, how much Star Wars, I guess, are, have you been, like, exposed to? Yeah, I mean, like, I consider myself a pretty decent Star Wars fan. I've seen all of the movies, including, like, what people call the newer generation of them. Um, and I've seen all of Mando up, like, up until recently, and then I've seen um, Boba Fett as well. I haven't seen Andor or, like, the weird side lego stuff <laughs> that's fair the weird side lego stuff is like it's entertaining but there's like nothing of actual value really there yeah um yeah so that's cool um yeah so for all those that listened last week we had jonah on he was kind of like <sighs> jonah definitely is like more like he is crazy into Star Wars, so he provided actually a lot of, like, random stuff that even I didn't know. I consider myself to be quite the Star Wars geek, and he was pulling out stuff that I didn't even know. So, if you're a more casual Star Wars viewer this week, you know, we, we should be able to get to you a little better this week and maybe not throw a bunch of random information at you guys. So, that'll be good. Um, yeah, so let's see. Opening thoughts on the episode. What did you think about this one, Aaron? a lot more like action into it um and we got to see um that lady from the um the the sh like what's it called the shop um interact with baby yoda oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that weird alien dude just cracked me up the whole time but it was good i liked it that's good all right, so yeah, we're just going to get into the breakdown here, guys. Um, so yeah, so we opened up on Tatooine, back to Tatooine, because we always have to be back on Tatooine for some reason. Um, but yeah, so it's during the Boon to Eve pod race, which is the same pod race that little Anakin won back in The Phantom Menace. Um, so then we get to visit Amy Sedaris as Pelimato in her garage, a classic Mando character, so of course we're going to see her. Um, 
and then she's dealing with a Rodian who is missing many parts to his ship. Um, and then after he walks out, so she kind of strikes up a deal with him. He walks out, and then she calls in all the Jawas to bring in all the parts that they stole off of his ship. So she is running definitely a scam here, which is pretty funny. But she seems nice enough, so don't give her too much crap for it. Um, and then Mando flies in on the N1 Starfighter. Um, sick ship. Really dope. And then he tells her that he's there on business. Um, and she kind of, like, asks him about, like, if it's the Huts and Boba Fett, which is interesting, because we kind of talked about last week, like, if we thought we were going to get Boba Fett this season. I don't really know. Do you think we're going to... I don't either. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if we're going to go into all the Mandalorian, like, I feel like we're going to get, like, a wider scope of the Mandalorians throughout the galaxy, and I don't think you can do that without Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, he has to make an appearance at some point, I feel like. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just kind of there. Like, I don't know. I He can't be doing that much. Right. What's there to do? Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Mando tells Pelimato that he's looking for the memory circuit part for IG-11. And she asks the Jawas if they have it. They say there's, like, no chance he's getting that part. So, uh, that sucks. But Pelimato's got a brilliant R5 astromech droid who seems to do, you know, just the same. Maybe a little dusty, maybe a little rusty here and there, but um, he can serve the purpose. So she kind of, like, strikes up a deal. She's like, and just for you, I'll give you a free oil bath, and I'll give it to you for half price. Which, I, I don't know, man, that's a pretty solid deal. Like, I'd be taking that. Oh, yeah. That, that droid was so funny. Like, just... Yeah. He, he like started off strong and then just like plummeted and it was just, it was hilarious to watch and it's funny because it's like polar opposite of r2 who is like one of the bravest astromechs like anyone has seen and he's and r5 is just not having anything which no. was pretty funny um but yeah so mando takes what he can get and then he flies off um and then when he flies off they're like shooting fireworks and that was a really cool shot i thought of him and baby yoda flying off with the fireworks in the sky that was very cool oh yeah the the um the directors like they they really are like doing just amazing uh, like all the shots my brother was just like completely blown away every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think like um Mando has done a really good job with all the CGI and digital effects and stuff because I think they do they do a good job with a lot of practical effects when they can, but like I don't know in the new age of like using CGI for everything I think Mando's done a good job of still keeping that balance, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, you can't personally like I'm also like not really good at like noticing this stuff, but I I can't tell like what's CGI and what's not. Obviously, like you know the difference real life and not but when you combine the two it's really hard to tell right like marvel unfortunately they've been having a tough time in the cgi department like and it's not even like not even like the artist's fault it's just they've been pumping out so much content that they don't have enough time to like make it look the best it can yeah quantumania especially that was uh that was rough there was a lot i thought that like relative to some other cgi though like it seemed a little better, like it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but it, there's it, there's always room to improvement with Marvel CGI department. Oh yeah, for sure. There's yeah, plenty plenty of room. Um, yeah, like I don't know. Well, 
Multiverse of Madness was a little iffy in some spots. And then... Even No Way Home, there was a couple of scenes where I was like, Meh, that's the best we can do, really? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Star Wars has been doing a pretty solid job. Star Wars also hasn't been, like, pumping out as much content, so that checks out. Yeah, they've been taking their time. <laughs> yeah, which, which is good. That, that Marvel needs to learn from that a little bit. Um, really yeah, so... Baby Yoda, Mando, they fly off, and then we cut to, like, the dopest opening music and sequence in television right now. Like, oh, the Mando theme is so good. I played the Mando theme for a band concert last year. You, oh, it you're was so fun. lucky, bro. That's so cool. Oh, it was so cool. Every time I hear the, the uh, song play on the TV, I'm just like, I know exactly where I'm supposed to come in. <laughs> All of that stuff. I'm band geeking out about it. Oh, it was awesome. Naturally, naturally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, me, not even a bank geek, I can appreciate, like, a good good score, which is which is something, honestly, I think I might have developed that from the podcast because, like, all of a sudden now I have more of an appreciation for it. And maybe, like, I guess I've just started, look like, trying to listen for it and, like, look for it, I guess. Um, so, yeah, you definitely pick it up in different places. Um... So yeah, then Mando and Grogu, they're flying around Mandalore on approach, and we get, like, we get a lot of history lessons in this episode, I feel like. Just a lot of, like, random backstories of Mandalore and kind of what it was like, which is good. Yes, as, uh, not as super educated Star Wars fan, it was very helpful to kind of, like, put some things in place and perspective that I did not know going into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's definitely, that definitely is kind of... I would think that was that was one of the main, I think, purposes of this episode, so that was good. Um, but yeah, Din says that it used to not be, like, as scary as it looks, and that every Mandalorian can trace their roots back to this planet. Um, once again, Mando talks about Mandalorians needing to know how to navigate the galaxy, read maps so they never get lost, um, and then they fly through some storm clouds and eventually land on the very crystallized surface of the planet, which is, like, cool, but, like, also, like, obviously it's not cool because... It's not, like, livable, but, like, it looks cool. It did. It looked really cool. I was I was definitely impressed, even though that it wasn't, like, what it was supposed to be. I just, I thought, like, the architecture, too, was just, like, cool how they did it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it was definitely... A lot of the shots of Mandalore were very good in this episode. Um... So yeah, so then they send R5 to go scan the atmosphere levels, but he disappears on the radar. So Mando, Mando pressurizes his helmet, and then he goes after him, like the good father that he is. <laughs> um, let's see, so definitely, like, we're already definitely getting a lot of Mando teaching Baby Yoda different things. Um, and so, let's see. For those that do not know, Aaron, you probably don't know this, but there was a Mandalorian Jedi... So he's a Mandalorian, then he became a Jedi, and that was kind of like what originally, that's why the Mandalorians and the Jedi worked together was because of that guy. I can't remember his name, but that's the guy who has the Darksaber that like, that's the lightsaber that they were using this episode. So that's where the saber comes from. So I feel like we could definitely maybe get like Grogu as the next like Jedi Mandalorian if he's growing up as a Mandalorian with, um... Dinjarin, but then also he's a Jedi. Like, 
that could be pretty sick. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool. I remember the episode where like Luke Skywalker was teaching um, Grogu the Force, and that was like really cool. Um, but the history behind the dark saber in this episode was really helpful and insightful to me too. Oh yeah, because there's a lot behind that, and it's a lot of. A lot of it is if you watch, like, the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, so it's definitely, like, Mando's, Mando, the show as a whole, has done a good job of kind of educating all the people that haven't watched those shows, I guess, and, like, bringing yeah, it, good. sorry, you they're really good at, like, no, I'm sorry, they're really good at, like, filling in the gaps, right. like, and patching those holes. Yeah, and even, like... And it's still a super cohesive story, even if you haven't gone and watched all of that stuff. Like, they don't make it so that you have to have watched, like, 100 plus hours of Star Wars content just to enjoy the show. Right. That's what I think uh, the Marvel shows could do better of is, like, keeping it, like, good enough to where if, like, you can appreciate the cool things, like, that come, like, out of knowing stuff from the original series, but also, like, being able to enjoy it on its own if you don't know a lot about the previous movies. Exactly. Things that come out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let's see. Okay, so, Mando enters a cave, and then he's attacked by some new creatures. These guys are kind of weird-looking, gotta be honest. Um, (laughs) but he's able to take care of them with, like, so he pulls out the Darksaber, and, like, Yes, technically it helped, but also he doesn't know how to use it, so it didn't help. Like, I don't know, because then later we see Bo-Katan using it, and she knows how to use it, and it's pretty cool. But he doesn't know how to use it, so it's, like, super heavy in his hand. It, yeah, it, like, stresses me out when he can't use it properly. It's really awkward to watch. <laughs> it, it is really awkward to watch. That's a good way of putting it. Um... Yeah, so he's, like, he kind of, he, he, he's got enough other, like, weaponry, kind of, to just manage, and he ends up, like, just throwing them down the pit, which is pretty cool, but, so then he finds R5, they get back to the ship, and they are able to get a reading of the atmosphere, so the toxicity is indeed, like, actually fine to breathe, and it's not really a concern, so Grogu and Mando travel back to the caves and make their way down to the mines, also, in case you didn't know, no radio signals can get out to the planet because of the storm clouds. So, just keep that in the back of your mind because that will matter in about two seconds. <laughs> um, so, it's a very spooky walk through the mines. Um, and they come like across some scattered debris, which includes an old Mandalorian helmet buried in some gravel and sand. Mando picks it up, but then he's snatched by some sort of mechanical spider, cyborg-looking thing. Very weird. I was incredibly creeped out by this dude. Um, looks like a crab. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just, I don't, it, there was something, like, just the mechanicalness, and then the sounds it was made, it was just, mm. Well, the fact that it had, like, a human-looking eye right. in the middle of it, mm, it was weird. It was very weird. Um, but yeah, so then he just takes Mando away, and then Grogu follows closely behind in his pod, which is pretty funny. Um... So, like, with the old helmet, like, I wonder, you kind of wonder, like, what, what, where, oh my gosh, I can't talk, what time period, I guess, that was from, like, if that was from the original, like, when Mandalore got destroyed, or if other people have been back since, like, kind of, maybe not trying to do the same thing that Mando is doing, but, like, trying to explore or whatever, 
And so it, right. it's like, I don't know. I wonder like how many other people have been down there, even though it's supposed to be like no one's been here for however long it's been destroyed. I feel like that's super hard to kind of just put an entire blanket on that and be like, yeah, no one has been here. Yeah, I wonder if they're trying to like um, cover up the fact that like people are trying to like re-explore to go back. Um, and I also wonder like who that helmet belonged to, and if at some point later on in the series we're gonna be able to see um, the story behind that helmet, or if that was just like a prop that they used to get the storyline of the weird crabby thing across. Yeah, they just, they just threw it in there, you know, just for just for fun. Just for fun. Um, yeah, I think that would be cool. And even if we don't see maybe necessarily that helmet, but, like, other people that maybe are, or have been, have gone back and, like, barely escaped or, like, something definitely would be cool. Um, and then, yeah, and then you can kind of just, like, I want, you also wonder how many people, like, if there's anything left on the planet, I guess? Like, bo even says that. She's like, I wonder, like, what other, like, creatures survived. So I wonder, like, if the air levels are actually fine to breathe in, and someone, somehow, were able to, like, avoid all the explosions and blasts and stuff, I wonder if there's still some Mandalorians living on Mandalore. Right. I almost want to see them, like, um, explore farther into the um, planet and just see, like, um, like, what happened and, like, if there's life there. And um, also, like, the creatures that did survive, like, if, the, if there's, like, like new creatures like offspring and stuff like you just wonder like what what yeah. happened to the attack yeah well and because nobody can get a radio signal out like it like it would be super easy for them to be like oh yeah we've been here the entire time we just couldn't talk to anybody like our ships got destroyed and we've just kind of been stranded here so it could definitely happen i feel like yeah i'm i'm interested to see where they go now like with it I'm surprised that we went to Mandalore this early, actually. I was not expecting that. I had no expectations. I was just excited about the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like, that was like, because that was the whole thing. It was like, okay, we're going back to Mandalore. And I was like, okay, so that's probably going to be like middle to three-fourths of the way through the season. We went there episode two out of, I think we're getting eight episodes. So um, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if they stay there. Or what that's going to look like. Yeah, it'll be... I wonder if they'll do one of those things where, like, one episode's going to be on Mandalore, and then there's going to be, like, another episode on a different planet with different characters um, going through, like, two different storylines at once. Like, mm. sort of format. Yeah. They could. Because it kind of... Yeah. I don't know. It depends how much they want to, like... How much, I don't know. Well, I mean, in Book of Boba Fett, we got, like, two episodes purely de- dedicated to Mando. So, like, very possible that we get two episodes dedicated to somebody else in this Mando season, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they really could do anything. Yeah. And everybody would pretty much be happy with it, because it's, it's still Mandalorian, so can't really disappoint. Star Wars is Star Wars, like... Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. Everyone needs to take it with, like, a grain of salt, because, like, everyone's like oh, this is stupid, this sucks. I'm like, okay, people, it's Star Wars. We could be getting, like, no Star Wars content. Would you prefer that? Right. Just be grateful you have Star Wars to watch, okay? Exactly. Exactly. See, Aaron gets it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. 
So the cyborg thing locks Mando in a cage and then exits the spider machine um, just to reveal that, like, the, the whatever it is, I'm pretty sure it's, like, a, so it's a cyborg, which is literally just some sort of, like, actual creature, I think, fused with, like, mechanical things, like General Grievous. Um, this, this creature, very creepy. Like, it's just gross and, like, slimy. It, ugh, it is not, not, not appealing. Um, for a second, I did think it could have been General Grievous, but he's definitely dead, and this is definitely not him. Um, so, the creature takes Mando's weapons out, throws them to the floor, including the Darksaber, and then Grogu approaches the cage, and he tries to use a force to break Mando free, but he just makes noise, and then Din just tells him to, f to leave and find Bo-Katan, so he hops in this little pod, and he just kind of zooms away, which is a really funny scene, like, his ears flapping in the wind and just zooming away. Um, and then, when he gets back to the entrance of the cave, one of those creatures from earlier jumps in front of him, but is forced post out of the way by Grogu with no issue at all. He gets in the ship, he points to Kalevala on the map so that R5 can fly the ship there. Um, so yeah, we actually, like, Grogu, bro is getting smart. Like, he can actually kind of start to handle himself. Right. He, he has a mind of his own. He's graduated from the infant stage of himself. Exactly. <laughs> Like, I think that'll definitely, it'll definitely make the plot more interesting because, like, not that Mando plot wasn't interesting seasons one through two. However, when you have, like, something like Baby Yoda that has to be, like, protected, it kind of makes sometimes the plot a little bit predictable because, like, you always got to make sure you're keeping your eye on Baby Yoda and Grogu, Grogu. But, like, now that Grogu can handle himself... Then that adds, like, one more layer of things, and it's not always, like, like, you can definitely, you can put Mando in a bit more trouble because Grogu can actually do something about it. Right, and Grogu's just, he's not, like, just this little guy that kind of, like, tags along everywhere. Like, he can actually help with the storyline and the plot because he has his own thoughts and actions that he's going to be held accountable for now right. versus, like, previous two seasons. He was just kind of, like, the follow-along guy that needed to be protected, but now... He can be the one doing the protecting and the saving and thinking for himself. Yeah. Let's be honest, he was just there to get people to watch the show at first. That's pretty much what it was. Everybody was obsessed with Baby Yoda, so you have to watch it. Exactly. Come for the Baby Yoda, stay for the plot. Oh, yeah. Baby Yoda was a ploy, it worked. <laughs> they and now made we can see more of him as a reward. Disney made millions off of Baby Yoda, and now we have Mando, which is amazing. Um, yeah, so then also, like, you can just see how desolate Mandalore is. Like, if you go back, um, I should send you, like, actually a couple good ep Clone Wars episodes just so you can see what Mando looked like, or Mandalore looked like. Because it was, like, very cool. The architecture was really cool. Cities were amazing. So it's, like... It's crazy to see it all desolate like this and, like, destroyed and dark and dingy. It's just, like, a whole different thing. Um, so it's definitely, they did a good job kind of showing that decay. And I think they kind of talk about how it only happened over, like, 10, 15 years. Like, it's not even, it wasn't, it hasn't even been that, it hasn't even been that long. So it's definitely, like, sad to see what kind of state it's in. Yeah, it's definitely not and it's something like it, it just like as a I don't know it's just it looks devastating I feel like it's just sad yeah 
<laughs> um, okay, so then we cut to Pokatan, and she's on Kalevala in the castle, and she's watching the N1 Starfighter fly in, and she, like, walks out, and he's like, I thought I told you, Mando, stay away. And then Grogu just hops out of the ship instead, and she's like, oh, what happened to uh, Mando? And then she has the astromech downloaded so that she can figure out where they were. And then she and Grogu fly back to Mandalore to rescue uh, Din Djarin. So once again, um, she gives Grogu a little bit more history on the planet, in case he didn't get enough. Talking about the beauty um, that the planet used to have. Um, and just kind of like, yeah. We, we get a little bit of the hierarchy of it too later. But once again, the cave, she shares more, saying that her family ruled it all. Which is like, again, this is a good backstory for anyone that doesn't know much about Bo-Katan, but I kind of, like, I don't even remember if you learn about this in, I don't know, you kind, you kind of do. I kind of forgot about all of her relations to the royal family and everything. It makes sense, because her sister did rule Mandalore, so now it's all coming back to me. But, like, I definitely need a reminder of all of that. Um, and it's, yeah, so it's definitely, <laughs> they snuck in all the backstory in this episode, like we said. Like, it was just all kind of weaved in there. Yeah, I was definitely grateful for the context that they gave to who she was, like, in relation to what was going on. Right. Yeah. I was lost. <laughs> you and probably, like, half of the viewers. I was just kind of like, what? It's like, who is this? Um, it so has been a year since I've seen anything Star Wars. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was about a year ago. Yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy that Mando Season 2 came out in twenty end of 2020. That is, like, insane to me. Mm, yeah. That's, that seems long ago, but not long ago at all, all at the same time. Yeah, time is weird. <laughs> um, so Grogu, like, they get down to... I don't know, like, they go down. Grogu gets, gets a little scared, and bo is basically like... Okay, man up, and you gotta show me where your dad is, basically. Like, I don't know where he is, so you gotta you gotta lead me. So he just, like, flicks on his little flashlight, and he zooms forward, which is really funny. Um, and then we get a little more, like, Jedi Mandalorian backstory um, about how they used to, like, fight side by side. Um, but right before Bo-Katan fights some of those creatures from earlier, taking them out just like Din did. And she asks if Grogu thought that his dad was the only Mandalorian, which... I thought this line was, like, really stupid because Baby Yoda can't, like, Grogu can't say anything. So it's like, yeah. if the line is meant to be directed at the audience, it feels like just a really stupid, like, I don't know. I, th I thought it was just, like, kind of embarrassing for her. I was like, that's, okay, alright. Yeah, it was like, you know the kid can't talk, don't ask him questions. Like right, like... Yeah, like, she just is, like, talking to herself, basically. And then she just finished be beating up these guys. And she's like, oh, d did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? I'm like, don't get snarky with Baby Yoda. My goodness. Yeah, so I was like, okay, ma'am, hold on. Back it up. Ba back it up. Uh, Grogu, Grogu has, like, very limited knowledge on a lot of things, okay? So let's ease up, okay? Good job for yeah. taking down the bad guys. Respect, but, like, cool it. Right, yeah. So I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't really know what the purpose of that line was, I guess. 
either like creatively and like in the show. I don't know why she would say that, and I don't know why the writers would have her say that. Either way, anyways. Um, so then she says that the creatures are called Alamites and that they used to live beyond the cities of Mandalore. So she kind of begins to wonder what else could have survived. Again, like I feel like we're hinting at like there being like a decent amount of I don't know, maybe not. So I mean, there could be civilizations and like definitely bigger groups of people that are still here. So, like, I feel like we've gotten a ton of hints at that throughout the episode. Um, with all the with all the different life we see, like, a lot of what we see seems, like, mutated and kind of weird, but I feel like there's still a chance that we could see Mandalorians. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see if there are Mandalorians and also, like, if they are, quote-unquote, like, good guys or bad guys. Um, like, did they turn because they were upset or... Um, are they going to try and help Mando, or are there other people on the planet that are out to get Mando? Right. In some sort of way, shape, or form. Yeah, because yeah. I'm. Yeah, we again, we get a lot of like, oh, there's different like po- sub pockets of the Mandalorians, and they all keep fighting with each other. So it'll be interesting to see if they do find more Mandalorians, kind of where where they will be at on the like Mandalorian political spectrum, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bo-Katan, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't like her a ton in this episode, but just, like, she, she served her purpose of, like, instructing everybody, but also, I thought she came across very annoying at some points. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, was... I don't know, just a very, like, holier-than-thou attitude a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah, she was, she was definitely, like, uh, up on her high horse, and I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> Just like okay, it down. tone it down just a little bit. You, you're you're cool, but like just reel it back a little bit. Reel it back. Yeah, we get it. You're trying to help, but like, <laughs> there's a certain humbleness that comes with that. <laughs> right, or else nobody's gonna like you. So, um, yeah. So then we cut back to Mando, and he the like weird cyborg thing is poking. He pokes a needle into him, and then starts like draining blood. I don't know what he's trying to do here. Like. I, I don't know if he has to, like, live off of blood from other people, this cyborg thing does. Otherwise, that that's the only thing I can think of. Because otherwise, like, what? why is this the go-to of, like, I just captured someone. I'm going to put some needles in him and just suck up all of his blood. Right. Well, like, I guess if there's no other humans there, then, like, does he need human blood to survive? Like, what's the... Right. I don't know. Yeah, if it's human, yeah, I don't know if it needs to be like creature blood, human blood, but, but if he does need human blood, then there must be other Mandalorians there and humans there, or else he'd be dead. That could be what that helmet was from, too. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Whoa. We're piecing it all together, Aaron. We got it. Oh, we yeah. figured it out. <laughs> so, so predictable. My goodness. Yeah. We have the script, guys. <laughs> yeah, guys, psh, don't let anybody know, but we broke into Star Wars headquarters and got the script. <laughs> um, so then Bo-Katan, she pulls up, and then she gets the dark saber from the ground. She uses it a lot better than Mando did. Um, like, it didn't look like it weighed about a 1,000 pounds. Um, it was not awkward to watch. <laughs> exactly, it, exactly. It was not awkward to watch. And she definitely, like, like that is what the dark saber can look like. Like, super cool super awesome and then so 
I cannot wait until we get Mando to that point because it'll be very cool. Um, but she stabs the creature, um, and like the creature is in. Yeah, yeah. So she like takes the cyborg thing down, but then he like disconnects his head and then crawls away and then gets into the like big crab thing. And then she just slices all the legs of that thing and takes it out pretty quickly anyways. So, no harm, no foul. Um, and the thing is dead, so we chill and I appreciate her for that, I guess. Um, so then she gets uh, Din out of the cage just as he passes out. He wakes up to a nice little fire with the squad. And Mando says that Bo-Katan was right about the planet not being cursed. But she's like, was I though? Because, like, look around, bro. Do you see the destruction and everything? Um, which is a very valid point, I'd say. Yeah, it was, like, it was not a lucky situation that they were in. Um, and there's, like, mutant little crab things, oh, big crab things, and, like, maybe not the best situation. Yeah, no, it's not, like, even if the curse isn't what they thought it was, definitely not, like, they're not not cursed. Yeah, it's, it's not good. No, it is definitely not. Um, so yeah, planet's not poisoned, but like still kind of in a sucky position. So take it with take it all with a grain of salt. Um, and then she kind of hits him with the uh, "I used to rule here." Um, again, I, I there was just like so much of that. And she tells him she tells Mando to rest, but he says that he's going to the mines. He's gonna bathe in the waters. And then she again she's like, okay. Those are children's stories, bro. It doesn't actually do anything. And then he, and he's like, I don't care. The, he's like, without like the creed and the belief system, the Mandalorians are nothing. And so she's like, all right, fine. I'll take you down there. But like, it means nothing. Um, so, yeah. Again, like, you kind of definitely see the two ends of the spectrum here of like Bo-Katan, who's like, definitely still like, wants the Mandalorians to be more of a united people. I guess, but she's still being, like, very, like, against other forms of Mandalorian. Like, she's talking about unity and everything, but, like, she is aggressively against what Mando kind of believes in, so she's part of the issue. Yeah, she, she, like, I think believes in, like, the only, like, one type of Mando, which, I don't know, I feel like if you want unity, you should probably learn to look at like what he's trying to do by like follow the creed and background tradition. Right. And even it's like I don't know, unity unity doesn't even mean you guys all have to be the same. It just means that you're respectful of each other too. Right. Which I feel like is just a point, like a major point that like nobody seems to be able to grasp, which is very unfortunate. But that's kind of what is like short like Regardless of their planet getting destroyed, what really, I think, destroyed the Mandalorians is all the different, like, factions, and they couldn't just, like, respect each other and be chill with each other. Yeah, it was like, uh, not my faction? Well, you're wrong, and I don't like you. <laughs> you are wrong, sir. Good day. Um, yeah, so it's definitely... Everyone talks about, like, oh, well, the Mandalorians, you know, they got massacred by the Empire, but, like, they also did it to themselves. So it's definitely, like, it's it's still a tragedy what happened, but, like, 
also somewhat self-inflicted as well. So there's just inner complexities to kind of the downfall of them, which is really cool, and you definitely get to see, and I hope we get to kind of see the repairs of that a little bit throughout the season. Um, at least, like, at some point, because it kind of depends, I guess, like, how, how long, how many seasons we're going to get of Mando. So I think that kind of depends when we'll see it, but I feel like we have to get there at some point. Yeah, and just, like, the fact that there's no blameless sides and, like, seeing how they're going to pick all the pieces up will be cool. Right. Um, and, like, back to your point, it does kind of depend on, like, where they go with it, with the storylines this season. Um, the fact here, one, we're going to see that and also, like, what we're going to see with... I hope that they go into the helmet thing um, and, like, potential other life forms on Man- Mandor, um, whether that's the season or not. Hopefully they do. It just kind of depends. Yeah. All right. So last little bit here on the way down, Bo-Katan talks about the like like we said, kind of the infighting of the Mandalorians and how it caused causes issues, killing off each other as if they didn't already have like a million other issues to worry about outside of their um, race. You know, they just kind of destroy each other, anyways. Um, so then Bo-Katan, you know, she was she was a part of the royal family. Just in case you didn't figure that out by now, guys, she was a part of the royal family. Woohoo. I had no idea. <laughs> even, like, I mean, even if, if you didn't know that coming into this episode, they, like, drove that into your head. <laughs> no, like, at this point, you know. At this, at, at this point, 40 minutes in the episode, we're like, we know, bro. You're fine. We know. Right. Um, if you don't know by now, were you even watching? If you don't know by now, you were not paying attention. <laughs> And they gave you multiple chances, so someone you were just doing something else entirely. Um, so she kind of shares that her father died defending Mandalore, and Din says this is the way. Um, and then they get to the waters. Bogotan reads the plaque as Din approaches the water. He walks in, repeating the same words that we heard from the kid in the first episode of this season. Um, but then he gets taken under by some sort of creature. Don't really know what it was, but he gets taken down. So then Bogotan dives in after him. And then um, gets him, and then they go back up to the surface. They pass some like big lizard-looking thing, I guess. I don't know, some like underwater a, sea creature with an eye. It looks like an elephant or like a mammoth to me, just because of like it looks like there was a tusk, but I don't. Know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like I don't know. They just passed the eye and it opened. It was gross. I thought like when they did that, I thought that we were gonna have like a scene of them running away from it. But no, they just passed it with no issue. Yeah, I feel like it was anticlimactic. Like, he gets pulled down. You expect him to be, like, struggling or fighting something. But when they get down here, down there, he's just laying there. And then they pass this, like, elephant-looking thing under the water. And then they just go back up, and it's fine. Like, where is the action in that? Where is basically the... went down, picked them up, and came back. <laughs> where is the conflict? Where is any of the struggle? Yeah. Wait, what was the purpose of that whole <laughs> sequence at this point? Why, why would you have him almost drown just for it to be like, oh, but we, we got you back up to the surface, so you're good. That's, that's kind of what I was talking about with, like, the abruptness. Like, it seemed like 
they added that whole other scene, which would be a good way to kick off some other, like, part of an episode, it felt like we just got, like, a two-minute intro to a different part of an episode, and then they just cut it off anyways. Yeah, it was, it was odd. I definitely, like, left that part of the episode just feeling like, I don't know, like, they're confused. Yeah. Therefore, I'm confused. <laughs> it's bad if... <laughs> It's bad if, well, I mean, it can't, I don't know. Sometimes, if done well, it's good to be confused. This was not, like, a good confusion. Yeah, it was, like, pointless confusion. Exactly. That's that's a good way of putting it. Pointless confusion. Um, but, yeah, so they get up to the surface, and they're chilling. Um, kind of chilling, I guess. Out of breath, but, you know, they're alive, so we're good. And then we cut to credits. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk a little bit about, like, Mando's just, like, almost blind faith in the creed. Like, we kind of talked about Pocatan's, like, her whole opinion or whatever. She's not, like, 100% wrong. And again, that's why I feel like the whole unity thing and about respect, because, like, everyone has their different views, and everyone is, like, a little bit wrong, I feel like. Because you can definitely respect, like, the allegiance to the creed. But also, to an extent, you also see when Bo-Katan's like, that is stupid. You guys are, like extremists who don't know what they're talking about and are just being like extra for no reason you definitely i feel like you definitely see that in different parts yeah you definitely see like some of the people that are just on a power trip and it's just like it gets annoying after a while oh for sure for sure um yeah and i'm like i don't know and it just seems like i think it's i think it's stupid that he has to like atone for his sins because he took off his helmet in the presence of baby yoda like the the one of the like only things that he truly loves in the universe and he is getting like just like he he's not declared valid as a mandalorian because he did that i like i definitely think that's stupid yeah it was like the most mundane thing and he just got completely penalized for it and i was like it i don't know it seemed pretty stupid yeah Um, Otherwise, you know, the whole this is the way thing, pretty sick, until, like, you can't take your helmet off and be a human. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's pros and cons. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and I guess it all just comes back to, like, I don't think anybody's, like, fully in the right. So I think it's, like, going to have to be, like, a big, wide, like, reconciliation and recognition of being wrong and being right with different things. Um... Which is a very tough thing to do for anybody, like, especially for humans, and definitely in, like, and that's obviously reflected in movies and TV, I guess, is, like, kind of just being like, yep, you're kind of right, I'm dumb, and that was wrong. Like, that's definitely a hard thing to do for anybody, so that's, like, really good story points, and that's, yeah, that's really good story to have. Yeah, I think part of, um, just, like, the, um, I don't know, it, it makes it very relatable yeah. um, which I can always appreciate even though it's a movie about or a show about aliens space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean and that's what's always kind of made Star Wars pretty solid is like even though it's a galaxy far far away a lot of the things are very relevant and like definitely reflect society and there's a lot of relatable things even if it's like the base, the base thing concepts that you can relate to are there, even if they're portrayed differently, 
in like lightsaber battles and stuff. Um, so yeah, and I think that's and that's what makes any good TV show or movie good is when you can kind of look at it and see yourself in it. Um, yeah. Okay. So that was the episode. So we can go into our kind of closing thoughts, I guess. Um, so is there anything else? Uh, let's let's do let's do these first, actually. So number one, as of right now, do you like Bo-Katan? Yeah, yeah, like she definitely. Well, right, she feels like she. I like I. I definitely agree with you that it seems like she's on a power trip, but she has no power to trip on. Exactly. Like, it's, for her, her spot in society right now, she holds herself at a lot higher standard than she actually is at. I guess. For sure. Um, Alright, so who, favorite character of this episode? Um, probably Mando. Just, just cause he's Mando, like you can't hate him. Um, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Uh, I think it was really good, um, but like Grogu at the same time, I always laugh. Always a good, always a good solid character to go with. Um, I, I like seeing just like how, um, like Mando's like thoughts and stuff, um, going back to the creed and like being specifically determined um, to go to those waters, but also how he handled the situation um, back with that high master guy um, with the pirates. Oh yeah. Him shooting all the guys thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, probably gonna be, have to go with Mando. Yeah, I I think I think this week I'm gonna give it to Grogu just because like. I don't know, I feel like in the past it's been harder to give it to Grogu because Grogu doesn't do, like, a ton. He's just kind of there. And so, like, obviously you get, like, the cuteness and, like, some of the comedic relief, but, like, he actually played, like, a really important role in this episode, and I kind of like seeing that. So I'm, I'm going to give it to my boy, Grogu, this, this week, but definitely... Um, and, and it was, like, it was interesting seeing Mando almost take a little bit of a backseat. I'm not, I mean, for, like, half the episode. Where he was just kind of yeah. trapped and he couldn't do much. It's like weird seeing Mando in that spot. For sure, for sure. Um, let's see. And then a rating out of ten. Like ten being the best, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I give it a solid seven. Maybe. Mm, okay, maybe an eight. Um, but I liked it. Um. Um, yeah, probably an eight. It was interesting. I liked seeing the new side of Grogu come out. Um, but at the same time, she was really annoying. Yes, all, all very fair points. I think I'm going to give it an eight, too. I think I gave last week's a 7.5, but 
mostly because I was just like set up and there wasn't like a ton of excitement in it. This week, I think, actually, I think I'm gonna give this week a seven point five. Actually, like just for like different reasons, I guess. Like last week, like I definitely was a little more lenient with because I recognized that it was a setup episode. This week, I'm like I feel like being a little more critical of it because it was less setup. I think Bo-Katan, like, I don't know. She was just kind of annoying this week. But there was definitely a lot of high points, like Grogu and um, some of that relationship. And all the backstory was really good for... Even for me, who knows some of it, it was still good refresher. And bringing it to the live-action series is always, like, a little tricky. And I thought they did a good job with that. Um, yeah, the context was very helpful. Yes. Always good to have context. Um... All right, so before we close out, um, what would anything, like, that's on your, like, season wish list, I guess, like, what would you like to see in the rest of the season? I really, really want to see them go into the helmet, um, and I want to see, like, them explore um, Mandalore and just, like, see if there are other Mandalorians out there and if there there are, like, other life forms that are human and not just, like, aliens, but, um, people that, like, they can get into stories with and, um, interact with and either fight or fight with, um, and on top of that, like, just the story behind the helmet and who that could have been or why it's there and the whole blood theory, um, I think all that I really want to see them go into. For sure. For sure. I kind of, I definitely kind of on the same page with that, um, and I definitely would like to see Grogu kind of continue to be more of an action character as he's, like, getting better at navigating the galaxy and doing stuff with the Force. I think that's definitely going to be cool as it goes on as well. For sure. For sure. Whew. Alrighty. Well, that's, uh, I think that's all we got, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you again for coming on. Huge, huge very much appreciated. I was like, I was a little panicked. I was like, okay, so who, how am I going to do this? Because we got to get an episode out tomorrow. I don't know who I'm going to record with. It was, it was a whole thing. So I appreciate you being able to come on on short notice. Very nice of you. No, it's good. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Alrighty. Well, talk to you soon, probably. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. All right. See you later. All right, guys, so that's all we got for this week. Uh, super great of Aaron to come on. Very much appreciate that from here at the show. Megan was just a um, little tied up this week, very busy, and she had a long week last week, so very understandable. Um, but, yeah, so great of Aaron to come on. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, if you guys have any comments, questions, or suggestions, make sure to email us at thekitchensink27 at gmail.com, or you can DM us on our Instagram at thekitchen.sync.podcast. Um, both of those will be in the show notes. The Instagram will be in our link tree, which there's also our TikTok on that link tree as well. So make sure you check that out too, because we got a lot of videos over there for you guys to check out as well. Um, and let us know what you guys thought of this episode. Spotify now has a cool Q and a feature. So I'll be posting a question of what you guys thought. And then if you guys respond, we can, uh, read some of your guys' responses next week and, That'd be really cool to kind of just get some listener feedback and get to talk about it on the show. So if you guys did that, that'd be greatly appreciated. And you guys can get a shout out, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that is all we got this week. We got Mando episode three next week, of course, because we're just going to keep going with that. And I believe Megan should be back next week. So 
the great return will happen. Um, but yeah, guys, until then, laters, gators. <laughs>